how do you define success? What's important in life? What is happiness? Success. Ambitions. Exploring ideas of perspectives and mindsets. Purposeful Pursuit Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Purposeful Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host Adam Williams and very proud to say that today's guest is part of my extended family. He is the managing editor for Boxing Ring Magazine which covers world level title fights interviewing some of the finest fighters in boxing He's here today to share how he broke out of a life of living in discontent to following his passion and turning it into a career. He's respected, he's humble, and he's very, very Scottish. Tom Gray, (laughs) welcome to the show, man. Thank you for coming on. Hi, Adam. No problem. Anytime. Nice. Tom, let's say you are at a dinner party and there's a few people around you and one of them turns to you and they're like hey Tom you know what are you up to these days what do you do how do you answer that question well I I would always be in the habit of saying that I write for Ring Magazine I'm a writer for Ring Magazine I never turn around and say oh I'm UK editor or associate editor or managing editor largely because when I, particularly when I was associate editor, I, I don't even know what that meant. Um, <laughs> ma- managing editors perhaps get a bit more clarity to it. But I always tend to say I'm a writer for Ring Magazine. And you sometimes get blank looks to that because, you know, I could work in the jewellery business, right? So it's, uh, you know, sometimes people need you to elaborate on that. And I explain that it's a, it's a boxing magazine. Yeah, cool. What, what got you into boxing? Um. I was heavy into martial arts for most of my life, um, particularly from about 15 to 22. You know, I, I did some competition. I was heavily into Bruce Lee, so much so that you know, by the time I was 19, I'd, I'd saved to go to Hong Kong and on holiday for you know for weeks. And, and um, being into Bruce Lee and, and, and reading into some of um, his philosophies on, on combat and stuff. He had a connection to Muhammad Ali, which he would reference quite often. And a friend of mine brought a documentary to my house. I'd watched a lot of boxing before this, but he brought a documentary to my house called Champions Forever, which covered Ali and, and some other fighters. And um, I almost fell in love with, with Muhammad Ali in particular at that point. I was an Ali fan first and a, and a boxing fan second. Yeah, cool. What is it about Muhammad Ali then? You, you mentioned like philosophies then. Is there something that captures your interest about him in particular? The philosophy side is more from from, from the Bruce Lee um, oh, yeah. area. Muhammad Ali, it was more um, very, very charismatic, you know, arguably the most, in fact, unarguably, I would say the most charismatic sportsman that there's ever been and, and once you sit and you watch him for a period of time you're, you're absolutely captivated by it and that's how I found it I just as soon as I seen him it was like buy every book and watch every documentary and then it was collecting his fights bootleg it was like doing everything I could to be uh to, to find out as much about him as I could because I was almost mesmerized by him and then one thing led to another like you start you know you'll find out about another fight I think it was Sugar Ray Leonard was the next fighter that was that I really enjoyed watching at the time, and 
I did exactly the same with him. And then you find yourself into modern day boxing and, and things just progress. And before you know it, you're, you know, you want to know what's going on in every division. You're everywhere looking for every fight. You're, you know, pestering. I mean, I was still with my, my mother at the time. You're pestering your mother to get Sky installed and all that stuff so you can watch every single fight going. It's, it's certainly something that, that I know you're passionate about, but, you know, it's not something that you, you've done from, from a young age. It's, it's only something that, that's, you know, fairly recent in, in a sense of your life, you know. Yeah. And I guess it's not all about the, the kind of ringside high life, you know. Could you just give us a, a snapshot of how that transition went from, you know, being, being a young lad to, to being the man you are yourself in this position? You know, where did it all start? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd... Um, I'd did journalism and media when I was at college. And um, if I had a talent in anything, and my look back on it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a talent back then, but I was more um, into to writing than I would be into like maths or physics or geography or anything. If I had anything, that was all that was going for me at the time. And when I was getting into my late teens and early 20s, um, I wanted to write about boxing that far back. But opportunities, this was before the days of, of internet, right? Which, you know, so you were, you were only looking at print media and I didn't really know how to develop. I didn't know how to go out and get like a portfolio of work together. I didn't know to go out and cover small hall boxing shows to get your name on the map. I just lacked the imagination for it and didn't know what to do. So I dropped it. I mean, I had the idea in my head that I wanted to do that like years and years prior, but there was just no avenue to, uh, to pursue at that point. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I started doing um, just jobs that I had to get to get money, essentially, when I came out of college. Um, and then the internet came around and I started writing for um, a website at that point, but I drifted away because nothing was coming up. And I don't think I was taking it, I don't think I was giving it my best. You know, I was doing it just like a, a kind of hobby. Um, and then another period of time went by and... I'd said to you that I met, um, I was out in Las Vegas and I met people from Sky Sports and it's, you know, we had a lot of conversations about boxing and it was a fellow called Adam Smith, who's head of boxing for Sky, had said to me, you communicate really well in the sport, you should pursue that. And something about it struck a chord with me, the way he said it. It wasn't like he gave me a mega endorsement. He just said, you communicate well in the sport. And that was 2010. And I come back with it in my head that um, I was going to start writing about boxing, but I was going to do it the right way. I was going to interview fighters. I was going to go to as many fights as I could. I was going to give it my best shot. I wouldn't fear anything. I would look to interview every, every fighter that I possibly could. You're, you're going to get knocked back, but let's see how it goes. And that was 2010 when things started, the progression started. Before, before you went to you know and met that that sky guy the person that worked for sky and he, he said you know you, you you're good at this you should pursue it you know what were you doing back then what, 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 you know, could right. you paint me a picture of what your life looked like you know before you you started following that avenue yeah i, I um when i'd come out of college i really didn't know what to do um maybe down in life experience i mean i know i said that i went to hong kong but that that was about this that was about the size of it I mean, I knew a lot of people back then that knew what they wanted to do. I wanted to be a policeman, I wanted to be a fireman, whatever. I never had anything like that. I was kind of just drifting along. And I fell into what I would call the call centre industry at the time, whether it be sales or customer services. 
And then when you're in that, you know, time just flies by and you start seeing a lot of people going in other directions. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be that police officer now. I'm going to be that family now. And I'm, I was stuck and didn't really know what to do. And I did that for between 10 and 15 years, somewhere around there. And you, you fall into the, the pattern of just getting the money, getting your check at the end of the month, getting out and spending money. And, and I, I just lacked the ambition and drive to get out and try to do something else for a very, very long time, which I don't, I wouldn't say I've got a regret, but I, I, I would have played things differently if I could relive that portion of my life. I mean, I, I did that for a lot of years and I was very, very um, discontent and unfulfilled for a long, long time. It's not something I would encourage anyone to do. Uh, the pattern you mentioned, you know, time sort of flying by that 10, 15 yep. years kind of flew by. What, what did you mean by the pattern? Well, just like you, um, you, you're going from one, you're, you're in a job and, and even though you dislike it, like you're sitting in that job with your face tripping you all day, but you're not doing anything about it. You're just basically doing it because that's what's paying your bills. That's what's allowing you to get with your pals. That's what's allowing you to get clothes, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you, and, and instead of having the ambition drive to go out and say, I want to do something else and make myself happier, you just stay there. You know, I, 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 was, I was guilty of it, but I know I wasn't the only person that was guilty of that. And, and like I say, if I could have it back, that is not the way I would approach things again, unquestionably. Yeah, certainly. What do you think was preventing that drive at the time? You know, because it's, I guess it's quite a long time to have that sort of 10, 15 years sort of float by. You know, mm. at that time, what was, what was pre preventing you having that drive and that ambition? Just a, probably just a lack of imagination. Plus, I think I was always wanting to do something that I really, really enjoyed. And I just couldn't think of anything that was within my reach at that time that I could do. I would be going from the frying pan into the fire. Like I would probably have come out of one call center and went right into another one. I just couldn't think what I wanted to do. I mean, let's put it this way. What it sounds like is I'm pretty hard to please. And I guess that is about the size of it. There's no, there was just nothing that I could, that I could get into my mind where I want to do this um, because I'm going to make, I'm going to make more money, which isn't a great motivator for me. You know, you couldn't pay me, you know, give me 40 grand a year, 30, 40 grand a year to do something that I absolutely love. And you can take the 100 grand a year for doing something that I detest and keep it. That's the way my outlook is. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. It's 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 almost looking at like, what do I value? Is it the money yep. or is it something that I, I'm actually interested in? You mentioned lack of Im imagination. Again, sort of mm -hmm. delving back into that then. What was either preventing that imagination? Was it a lack of understanding of what you could do? But you also mentioned, you know, almost like a limiting belief of it was something was beyond my reach. Would you say that's a, a limiting belief? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, very well could be. I mean, what, 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 it, what it comes down to is that other than boxing, right, and that's, Honestly, God, I mean, I can back over half my life to I was 22. It was in my head then. And that's really all that I wanted to do. I didn't have a plan B. You know, plan A was boxing, writing, and, and other than that, there was no plan. It was just like make money, get by, almost exist. So I, I just never had the drive to do anything else. Maybe maybe single-minded is, is the best way to put it. But for such a long period of time, particularly before the internet, you know, became mainstream and everyone had it. 
I just I couldn't think how to do it. You know, I I I think I contacted the editor of Boxing News and kind of get fobbed off, like, look, you know, pal, we've got people that do this job, we don't need you. And and that that was such a kick in the teeth that I don't think I went there again. And then I just kind of floated along. And and probably for a long, a long time, didn't have there was just there was just nothing to do. Like I, I just was I was very unfulfilled, but just couldn't think of a way out of it. And it's it's not a nice space to be in. Yeah, sure. How did you feel then? You mentioned earlier about how you know you started to to see that some of your friends around you were starting to take mm. different avenues in your life. How did you feel seeing other people? Like, I guess start to align with with some kind of purpose or at least move forward yeah. at a time when you perceived to be quite static. How, how did that feel? Yeah, not good. I mean, that, that's. I mean, I've never been for for whatever reason. Right, I, I don't possess what you would call a jealousy gene. You know, I, I never have. Um, but you do tend to notice, I mean, I'm not silly. So you can see like, you know, people are progressing, people are moving forward, what am I doing? I would be happy for them, but at the same time you're saying to yourself, oh no, what am I going to do here? Like, um, I was aware of it, it was not lost in me. I could see it happening all around me. And it did for, it did for many, many years. You could see it happening in different ways. So yeah, you, you kind of feel um, a bit lost and, and again it heightens that sense of um unhappiness and you know not not being fulfilled it definitely heightens that and then i suppose you get over it and you keep moving on and you're still in that same pattern until until you do do something about it yeah you mentioned happiness and, and being fulfilled hmm. what does that what does that actually mean to you what, what does I, I guess fulfillment look like to you well at the time, I can just remember thinking, um, like if I was in jobs that I disliked, and, and let, you know, it doesn't matter if you're working with great people, and I did. It doesn't matter if you can have a laugh, lunch hour, and your breaks, whatever, and I did. You know, if if you're in a job, if you're going in, if you're waking up in the morning and you are dreading work, like absolutely dreading it, it is just such a horrible feeling. And to me, what I, in my head I knew. I can do something, I can do better than that. And, and that, so I guess the, the answer to your question is being fulfilled is to live up to your potential, the potential that you think you've got. You know, and this isn't a personal level, not including anyone else. Living up to the potential you believe you've got and, um, and getting the opportunity to do it. And when you get there to graft, to work hard. But in order to bring that out of me, it needs to be something that I want to do. I, I just... You know, I would get into get into work and sitting down and putting on a headset, and someone phones you up on a Saturday morning when you're hungover, and that's my <laughs> fault. And they're complaining because they've been charged five pence over on their bill, and they've probably paid sixty-five pence for the phone call. You know, you just feel <laughs> you feel just so small, and that that that's what it was. And I, I don't know how that comes across. It just it, it just wasn't for me. But I'm the I'm the one. I'm the idiot. That, that sat and done it for all that time and never done anything about it. And with my own kids, you know, there's, it, it's front and center. Like I would um, encourage them, not forcefully, but I would always be on their cases that are in their formative years. What are you going to do? What do you want to do? Make sure and, and go for everything you can, because I feel that I lost a lot of time, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Totally. What happens if you have no idea what to do? 
because like it's, it's certainly something that, that I found throughout the years, and it's just like you know you you can see people around you like you do with your friends, and they've they've started to find what they're what they're lying with, what they're interested in. But what happens if you are floating around for a few years, and it's just you just can't seem to find it? I guess what what advice would you give to someone that 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 may right now not see what their purpose is, what their their passion is? What what advice would you give? Well, first of all, you need to have the passion. You know, anything that you're interested in, okay? It could be food, right? It could be gardening. It could be, you know, it could be anything. It doesn't need to be anything to do with a combat sport, right? Like if you've got some, an area of, of excellence or an area of expertise that you can, that you can manifest, then you, you need to try and make something out of it. I mean, you need to do a lot of it, you know, a lot of it is down to self-motivation. What, what can you do? I mean, and, you know, just studying and, and, and looking into the thing that you've got and saying, like, what, what can I take? How can I take this and make it work for me? Now, I've only ever done it with boxing. I've not done it with anything else. But a lot of it is on you. It's not going to fall into your lap. It didn't for me. Um, you need a, a lot of it as your own responsibility. And then if you can get an idea and create, create the idea and, and keep working with that idea, then that should hopefully, you know, lead to something. You'll only get back what you can put in Adam is essentially what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I do agree. You mentioned self-motivation and I, and I know you, Tom, I know you're, you're a hard worker throughout the years and in, in your early career, you work fucking hard. You know, you had to put those hours in. And, you know, when we spoke, was it, was it this week or last week? I can't remember now. <laughs> but when we, weeks, when, yeah. when, we, when we last spoke, you know, self-motivation was certainly something that came up quite often. How, yep. how would you describe what self-motivation is? Well, for me, um, I, to this day, doesn't, I mean, I've, I've been full-time now with Ring Magazine for eight years. And I work as hard now, harder, you know, I, I, I've, I've not put my, my feet up because I've been in the job for a long period of time. What motivates me is not going back to where I was at. And that, I mean, it, sometimes it can be uncomfortable because you, you can put yourself under pressure by doing that and maybe not feel great. But if I need to remember, you know, like, think of where you were at. doesn't matter how much work you've got on. You can do it. You'll get through it. You always do. And I always do. I mean, I've never fell apart on one single assignment in, in my in my boxing writing career. I've never, you know, said, oh, this is too much for me or whatever. I'll do whatever it takes to get the job done because I guess there's a paranoia of it all collapsing. And that's what keeps me um, keeps me going. But that doesn't need to be, I wish I could do something better than that because it'd probably be a bit more comfortable. But that's what keeps me going. You know, whatever you Whatever you know, it's, it's very organic. Like if like for someone else, some you know, I'm, I'm also driven because I've got kids and, and, and you're thinking to yourself, you want your kids to turn around and say, like, oh, you know, my dad did this or my dad did that. But front and centre, it's the um, probably the fear of losing it is, uh, is what keeps me keeps me going. Yeah, and like you said, I think it was quite a hard question, actually, because I think that self-motivation is certainly something that, that's individual and it's personal and it's about understanding what it is that your motivators are. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk, spoke about earlier, you mentioned too much pressure. 
what did you mean by too much? Is there a point that you can work too hard for your goal, too hard for your passion that you overdo it? Is, is, is there, yeah. you know, what does that point look like? Yeah, the, the other thing I was going to mention actually was that the other motivator is it's Ring Magazine, which, you know, a lot of people perhaps listening, um, it's the it's a preeminent boxing magazine. It's the most famous boxing magazine in the world. You need to bring your A game. I mean, I, I have written stories, not many, I'm glad to say, that have been bounced back. You know, the quality is not good enough. We need better. You know, or you've missed the angle. You need to do something else. Um, so that can be, that, that automatically puts pressure on you. In terms of what does pressure look like, what you find, what you find is, if you put too much into anything um, in your work life, doesn't matter how much you love it. And I love boxing, and I love writing about boxing. I love my job. You can do too much, and then it has an adverse effect on you. So, if if you're stressed out, then you can start taking that out on other people. And you know, I've got kids, and if you find yourself like snapping at your kids or something when you shouldn't, then it's you need to be able to recognise that, right? I'm driving it too hard. I'm pushing myself to the limit. I'm not getting enough sleep. My mind's constantly whirring. Because even if, I mean, I can sit, you know, for three, four hours and not write anything, but your mind is always in on the next story, what am I doing next? And all of that, you're still in a kind of work mode, even if you're not actually typing, if you're not at a keyboard, that that doesn't matter. Like you're still, you still need to know how to step back and away from it. Because if you don't, it can consume you a little bit. Yeah, totally. How how do you step back from it then? Because because I know for myself, like I can, I can find myself for, I don't know, maybe putting in like 10, 11 hour days and I just kind of mm. get used to that routine. And then it's only when it gets to like the weekend and I'm like, fuck, I'm knackered. Like I'm, I'm absolutely brain dead. And then you think, great, I've yeah. got the weekend to recover. And then suddenly it gets to Monday, I'm feeling fresh. So I do a long day again, and then you're straight back to, to feeling knackered again. You know, how, yeah. how, how does one unwind? How do you balance, you know, putting in that, that huge amount of work for something that you're passionate about and being able to step back? To be honest, and this is going to sound contradictory, I don't really step <laughs> back. And that is, that is the one major problem that I have. I've been able to, I, I can fall into, like I can force it, right? Like I'll, sit down and put on a movie if I get like a couple hours. But no sooner is the movie on, it's almost like, you know what's happened? Like I, I remember I used to sit down and watch movies as a kid and you'd be engrossed. See now, you're looking like to watch the movie and check your phone or watch the movie and check your laptop. I, I find it very difficult to completely break away and do nothing. I've forced it and I'll, I'll do it for a week and then I'll find myself drifting back in where I'm quarter of the way through a movie and I'll, I'll say, no, I'll, I'll go on and start sending emails or I'll, I'll try and organise this interview. If, if I've got one flaw in it all, it's that I find it very difficult to step back. It's a very honest answer. Thank yeah. you for that. If, let's say, somehow you could find a way, find a, either like a, a pattern or, or find um, some sort of avenue to step back, what do you think that would mm. look like? Well, actually, just, just while I was thinking about it, I mean, I suppose the closest I get, I mean, not not with lockdown unfortunately but um i train a lot you know, like i exercise and i look after myself even though even though i'm starting to creak a bit at my age but um the gym you know if, if i'm if i'm in the gym for an hour or an hour and a half you know at least then but, but still 
that's you almost taking the mental, you know, you're, 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 you're pausing the mental side of things and then you're, you're going straight for the physical. And, and so you're not really getting a break there. But I suppose if, I'm, if I am doing anything to take my mind off it, the gym would be really it. Other than that, it's you know, grabbing a, a couple of beers with your mates and, and, and stuff like that is, is probably best or, you know, doing something with family. Like, like, but I, there's not been a lot of that going on. And particularly now, like during lockdown and stuff, you're so limited that I'm probably working even more than what I normally would. That's just the way it's been. Yeah, I think a lot of people will probably resonate with that because it's. I know yeah. I can. I know I can. It's something that's like if I've got nothing else to do, then why not work an extra few hours? But I think it comes down to like almost like a work hard culture that we live in. That mm-hmm. to be successful, you need to work long hours. And I think yeah. that, well, I hope that that, I guess society is starting to realize now that that maybe we can look to redefine success as more being more about having that free time, having your personal time, having your your mental health, your physical health, as well as having that element of purpose. If you work, if you were to paint a picture of what success looked like, if you were taught, let's say you were talking to, I don't know, uh, an 18 year old fresh out of of college let's say and he was Mm. like tom i've no idea what society thinks success is how how would you try and describe that it's a very expansive question um i mean i think it comes down to some of what we're discussing you need to be happy in your job i mean if if you think about it if you do it like we're not talking working long days a normal day at work is eight hours that's a third of your day so I, i think it's very important to be content in that area, you know, um, I think your health, you know, fundamentally, it doesn't matter how successful you are or how much money you make. If you don't look after yourself, if your health falters, none of that means a thing. So I'm, I'm very much believe in, in looking after yourself physically. Um, and also, I, I guess, again, what we've just discussed, you need to know when to get downtime, when to relax, when to, to give yourself a break, because, if you don't, that's that you, it can end up breaking you. So ultimately, you need to be happy. You need to be happy with what you do. You need good health. You need good people around you, good relationships. You need to know how to treat people. You know, there's, I see it so often. You know, it doesn't matter how talented you are at anything. If you don't know how to build relationships, if you don't know how to treat people, if you've got no manners, you know, if you're obnoxious or arrogant or a bit of an idiot you will get smoked out and it doesn't matter how uh it doesn't matter how successful or how, how talented you are even that just that one area where you just don't know how to come and go with people how to build relationships and you know you'll let yourself down and i, I that's another thing i believe strongly and i see it all the time i see writers that are extremely talented they just don't know how they just don't know how to conduct themselves and um you know that, that's an important trait in all walks of life basic communication skills and just being 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 a nice person and and i guess it comes down to being respectful yes i think because first impression well first impressions count and um you know i i don't know there's a fine line as well some of it can be you could almost look at it like opportunism right and and there is a bit of that and that's the reality i mean i know when i'm speaking to someone really really important to, to, to watch, you know, to how I come across. I want them to think this guy's switched on, this guy knows what he's doing. 
I don't want them walking away saying, well, you know, he's a bit of a tit. You know, I, you don't because you'll never pull that back again. And I, I meet new people. I meet new people all the time in, in the fight game. And I'm pretty sure not every one of them like me. But you know, most of them, most of them, I think would. Um, I, I got on with pretty much everyone in box, and I, I don't can't think of anyone at present that I've got an issue with. Which is just as well, considering we're talking about boxing, right? It's a very good point because you you do meet some of the the biggest fighters in the world. Just curious, like what are the some of the you know when you're when you're speaking to them, you know, and I and I know you you do chat to some of them both on an informal and in a formal sense. Like, what do you what can you see as being some of the commonalities for? maybe some of the mindsets they have, how they carry themselves. Mm. And I guess not from the, a fighter's perspective, but as, as a human being, as a person. Um, all, of, all of them have, um, they're very single-minded in, in what they do. I mean, very rarely will you come across a fighter that said, well, I had this option and that option and that option, but I decided to become a fighter. Usually... You know, when they've been, um, it's something that's that's attached them, even sometimes before they've even been teenagers. Well, they've went into the gym, instantly fell in love with it, and then they can't do, they don't, or they don't want to do anything else. They just want to be a fighter. That's what motivates them. Being in that ring for however, whatever length of time is, is what gives them a boost. And, and that's where they feel at their best. That's where they feel most comfortable. Kind of strange because not kind of strange in a sense that they're, they're a special breed. You know, you don't meet. You know, they're, they're just they're, they're so so singular. Um, you know, I've 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 met all sorts of fighters at, at varying levels, but the one thing is they're just usually very very single minded um, in in their pursuit of their goals and their dedication. I mean, in the self motivation that we discussed to get up at four in the morning and put in five, six miles, to come back, get something to eat, to go to bed, to get up to train again, to come back, chill out, watch the TV and go out and, you know, train again. You know, three times, you know, I, Ricky Burns, who I spent a lot of time around when he was champion, um, you know, six days six days a week, three times a day. You know, I've never done that in my entire three life. Three times a day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, crazy. And that, that would be a run, or sorry, that would be like, um, gym in the morning, um, I run in the afternoon. And when I say I run, I mean like seven or eight miles doing seven minute miles. So, you, you know, you're, it's not it's not like a nice tidy jog, like he's off. And then like back home and something else to eat. And then you, you'll maybe go down and, and work in strength and conditioning. So it's it's just a full-time job. It, it takes a lot out of you. The dedication required to do it is, is absolutely phenomenal. I know Ricky's, um, you know, like training regime a lot better than, than others. I, you know, I had to study that for, a, for an article, but that's that's pretty much the way they all are. You know, it's six days a week. Maybe some of them will do five, you know, and, and you reach a point. It's all about, you know, reaching a point where you peak and there's science in that, you know, like you go through hard training and then you'll taper off and you want to peak on fight night. So everything's just ready to go. You're like a rocket, you know, and, and that's... Um, there's brilliant science to it. So it's an amazing sport. Yeah. And, it, and it's certainly something that, that you're, you're very passionate about. I know that you're very good at what you do in terms of your job. The, someone I want to speak about is uh, something that when we, when we spoke the other day, I heard you mention a lot was gratitude. 
and how grateful you are for for a being in your position or or being mm. grateful for some of the, the learnings that you've had like mm. how important is is gratitude in, in terms of living that that fulfilled life well i think what it comes down to is that i never um i never take anything for granted with my you can't do it in my job um you know magazine for a start off right you're, you're talking about like an archaic medium there like like sooner or later there won't be any magazines i know that but luckily enough you know we're web-based and, and stuff like that but i i've because i went from being in a career or a job can't really call it a career that i didn't like for years and years and years right well over a decade and then ended up doing something that I loved. I'm great at, like, with no gap. It was just one was, you know, one ended, another one started, nothing in the middle. Um, I always look at how, you know, a lot of work went into it. But I do feel that there's a, there, there's a, an, there was maybe an element of luck. There was graft, you know. Um, I'm just so, so thankful to get in to do something that, that I love to do because, I don't know the, the idea that um, that that those things never opened up for me, or I never had a chance. I don't know where I would have been. You know, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to be still sitting, you know, in a in a call center job that I don't want to be in. And listen, I don't want to downplay call center jobs, right? I don't, and it's just my my spe- my, my in my specific case, I didn't want to do it. That's just, I mean, I'm just being real there. I just didn't want to do it. And I remember how, I remember waking up with my stomach in knots and just the, the motivation to put one foot in the floor to get out to get out of bed. You know, it, it, just a, a terrible feeling every day I woke up. So, I, and I recall those moments. And that's why I'm grateful for the position that I'm in now. I need to think like that. And then, yeah. Do, do you practice gratitude? Do you, is it something that you actively do daily, weekly, monthly, or is it just, uh, I guess, a mindset you try and instill? I think it's a very, it's very, it's very organic, really, isn't it? Because you know, you know what you should be grateful for. You know, I, I'm grateful for 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 many things. Um, in career terms, though, it's just the switch. You know, it just makes all the difference. Like I was trying, I don't know if I conveyed it properly, but if you're in work eight hours a day and you sleep eight hours a night, that's a third of your day, right? Basically gone. If you're in a job that you don't like, that's a, that's a huge amount of time to be unhappy. So to replace that with something that's so much better and, and like you wake up every day and you want to go to work and you're, you're, you're happier, you need to be grateful for that, regardless of the circumstances, how it came around. You know, like, did it fall into my lap? No. You know, you know, it was torture. I mean, I, I, not torture, but a lot, a lot of the time when I was just starting out, I was, you know, I'm at home, I've got kids, I've got a job, and I was doing boxing writing at the same time. When I look back at that, I don't know how I did it. Well, I do. I mean, I, you know, I drank a lot of coffee and I was up to one, two in the morning, you know, and I, I did that consistently for two and a half, three years before anything really broke for me. And that's, there's a kind of dedication and a desire, I suppose, to drive you towards that. But that's, yeah, ultimately I'm, I'm just grateful because because of the switch. You know, even though I was responsible for the switch to a large degree, I'm still grateful for it. You're grateful for what it's made you as well. You know, it, you wouldn't be who you are today speaking to me if it wasn't 
for that that kind of process that transition that you went through yeah i mean if if all ended like if and i i I don't want it to you know no chance but if it did i've done it that's that is honestly how i feel like i've already made a success out of it um if it ended all I will say is, if it does end, I'll not be putting a headset back on. I can tell you that. <laughs> but um, you know, if if it, the bottom line is, I've done it. I've been at it for well over a decade, and and and, or sorry, for just short of a decade with with Ring Magazine, and it's um, I love the publication. I actually love it, and um, you know, I'm grateful for it every day. If you could go back and give your your younger self some advice. Or even, you know, if there's any advice that you've been given, you know, what's the, the best advice that you've been given or that you'd like to give? I, I don't know, mate. I, I don't think it, it came down to, you know what I've, I've not mentioned? I think, and I, I said this to you before when we spoke, I was very, very, very immature for my age. So not like you're, and I, I, like between the two of us, and you're 24 years old, at that age, I was still a teenager, just, you know, priorities all over the place. So I think I just had, I had a lot of growing up to do, right? But then then when you grow up, say you come out of that, you're still in the same position, you don't know what to do. And, and I, I think, you know, when it comes to, 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 the way I look at it is, right, sooner or later I'll be able to get two sons, right? So I'll, I'll need to speak to them. But I'll try and be a guiding force to, you know, get out of them, what is it you want to do and, and, and really, really try to push that. I think with myself in my younger years, despite the fact I'd have loved to have broken through earlier, I was just maybe a bit of a lost cause, just kind of like in that period of my life, you know, like not everyone's the same. You know, you're nowhere near the way I was at 24. Um, and, you know, my nephew, Sean, Ryan, any, just totally different people. A lot of it comes down to where you're also based. I mean, I'm in the west of Scotland in a place called Motherwell. You've not been up, not been up Motherwell before, right? No. You'd get a shock. So a lot of it, a lot of it comes out of um, uh, where where you're at, you know, and and like how you've you've come up. And I, I just think I was uh, maturity was probably an issue at the time. If you could identify one fundamental learning that you've learned throughout your experience, what would you say it is? And to be positive and to and to believe in yourself. I mean, I, I often say that I often say when I look back at it, to pull off what I did, the odds were stacked against me, but it felt so believable. I just kept forcing it. I mean, I had a lot of people put me down, like not put me down, but not being realistic, saying, Oh, I don't think you can do this as a career. There won't be enough work for you. You're in Scotland, it's hardly a box and hotbed. Blah, 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 blah. And I can remember all those. I can remember the people and I can remember the conversations. Um, and I remember just letting the words go in one ear and come right out the other. I honestly didn't care. And I think I had it in my head. I can remember, for, particularly when I just started to break through a, a little bit, I started getting some money. And I said, I'm going to keep going with this. You know, if, if I've just started making money, there's no reason why I can't make more money. So regardless of what people tell you, you can't do, I think it's important to have singular drive and focus and just believe you can make things happen and go about it the right way. Inner belief. Yep. Just having that fundamental inner belief of that uh, you yep. can do it. And I, 
I, and I don't want to paint myself out to be like this uh, Mr. Positive, you know, look at me, because there, there's other parts of my life where I won't get things right, you know. Um, I, I can't, I'm not, you know, Yoda by any stretch of the imagination. I make, I make loads of mistakes like we all do. And, um, you know, things, I, I can let myself down. But in that one area, when it came to, trying to achieve something or to get into a line of work, I succeeded in that, but not, I don't get everything right. Yeah. And I think it's even you just being able to, to acknowledge that I think shows to your character of being humble, being, and being respected, uh, the acknowledging that we're not all perfect because everyone's like that. You can't, you can't be no. that, that perfect, you know, person in every area of your life. But what we can do is at least try and work towards those areas. Um, right. Tom, let's say someone's listening now and you know that they want to connect with you. They perhaps maybe want to read some of your work or they want to get in touch. What's the best way they can get in touch with you? Well, um, ringtv.com is the website for the the magazine they're welcome to go on there anytime and uh, obviously and um i'm on twitter that's my main social media area and it's um at tom underscore gray underscore boxing lovely tom it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on very much looking forward to coming up to scotland and having a beer together because it's been far, yeah, far mate, too long. absolutely you're welcome you're welcome. I'll keep you out of mother though. <laughs> I appreciate that. Tom, been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. No problem, mate. If you have enjoyed today's episode, then please like, subscribe and leave a comment because this helps the podcast gain exposure and I will be forever grateful. Also, head to the Instagram page at Purposeful Pursuit Podcast to hear episode extracts, see behind the scenes and join others in their pursuit for purpose. Finally, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Purposeful Pursuit podcast with your host, Adam Williams. The Purposeful Pursuit.